ready to launch. KRVN. Good afternoon. Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield as we broadcast today from the NAFB convention that is taking place throughout this week in Kansas City. And and what an interesting day, to say the least. Um, If you have stepped away from just what's been happening in the world for a few moments, this might take you by surprise, but you might also be wondering... What is everything that's been going on weighing in on the trade? And what we're talking about deals with Russia, Ukraine, and Poland. We're going to get all the details today from Brian Split. Brian is with agmarket.net. And Brian, I think just to say it was an interesting uh, move in advance and unfortunately something we don't want to have to talk about. But these missile strikes definitely taking a toll uh, on the world feelings and on these markets. Yeah, um, for, for those that don't know, um, apparently there were two missiles that did uh, hit Poland. And so it, it's not like uh, Russia, you know, sent missiles to Warsaw. Uh, these were near the border. Uh, but nonetheless, this is a NATO country. Um, two people, unfortunately, perished. Um, and this is during the G20 meeting. So it's going to be an interesting night uh, to see how the world leaders react to this. Um, the initial reaction from the market was, of course, to rally uh, pr- rather aggressively. But I think uh, at least the, the reaction was to buy it first, ask questions later. And then as more news kind of came out regarding what had actually happened, I think then that, that rally was, um, was sold into a little bit uh, when we realized that it was likely an accident and not an actual uh, planned attack. Um, but it definitely raises the alert. And, um, you know, we're in a very headline-driven market right now where you just don't know at any given time there could be a headline one way or the other to, to move the corn market, you know, 10 to 20 cents, to move the, the wheat market 20 to 40 cents. And uh, we saw that today. Um, the market was already trying to, to rally off of some support in corn. You know, we had made a new low for the move. Um, December corn traded 651 and a quarter down to the 10-day or the 100-day moving average. East 23 corn, same thing, down to 603 and a half, down to the 100-day moving average. Uh, both of those made new lows for the move, and then were able to close above yesterday's highs. So um, that reversal today off of support um, does suggest that we may have made at least a short-term low, and we might start heading back higher, looking for uh, for resistance again. We'll take that after sitting where we've been sitting. So talk about uh, some seasonal basis uh, that's been going on. You and I were talking a little bit about that before we started the program. What are you seeing as we move into um, second half of November into December? Well, one of the things that, um, you know, we've been looking at is, uh, you know, we can remember harvest periods where areas were better than others, resulting in regions having a difficult time buying corn. Uh, we've got a massive disparity uh, from the eastern growing regions to the western growing regions, and, and probably uh, a, a larger disparity than many in the, in the industry have seen, period. Um, now, I think one thing that we need to be mindful of here um, is that western basis levels have been as high as we've likely seen for this October-November time frame. Um, we had a short crop, so we know that. Um, and... Well, a lot are, are looking for maybe some additional basis strength. Um, I think that there's maybe a couple risks that we have to be looking at. And, and, and the, you have a, a, a basis peak coming. Uh, seasonally, we should see basis uh, reach a peak 
in early to mid-December, you've got uh, a producer that is relatively flush with cash from old crop, um, probably not really looking for more income until up is going to be one of the most expensive crops that has ever been planted, and, and the producer is still looking at uh, a, a rather bullish uh, ending stock scenario. So uh, producers have the opportunity to sell levels uh, you know, north of $7 in the West, and, and many are choosing not to right now. Risk here, where in the next two to three weeks, um, basis should be something that you consider locking in, uh, and then that will just take away one piece of the one variable in the equation, right? You've got the futures price, and then you've got basis. Um, and if we can lock in a strong basis right now, and then maybe see corn retrace a good chunk of the rally or the, the break that we just had, that was about a 55 cent break from the October high to the, the recent low just made today. If we can retrace a chunk of that and have uh, a strong basis locked in, then we really just need to focus on the futures and set some futures targets to uh, to, to make that next tranche of sales. Uh, so that's going to be something that, that we're focused on here in the, in the short term. Is there any chance um, somebody might say, okay, our basis is topped out. Now we need to, to do some refocusing? Yeah, I mean, it's it's. I think generally one of the, the things is – a lot of producers have certain time frames that they want to make sales or, or have a certain amount of their overall crop marketed by a certain period of time. Um, so I think the producer in the Western Belt, uh, because of, of the way the crop evolved, um, maybe they're a little bit more sold than they, they want to be. Um, the producer in the Eastern Belt that uh, had a little bit better of a crop, um, I think they're going to be looking at... Uh, at at the conversation that we're having, which is, um, you know, they're, they're maybe not as sold percentage-wise as the Western producer, um, so they're going to be a little bit more uh, aggressive in, in continuing to sell rallies. Uh, and then, you know, there's going to be a, another layer of sales that happen into 2023. Um, I think a lot of producers are going to want to take a look at what that January final production report has to say. Uh, where they've put the, the yield numbers will change next September, but this will be the number we have to work with for now. Um, we'll look at the quarterly stock, which will imply the first quarter demand. And uh, if uh, you know if the if the producer is is in a bullish mindset, they may look for that period of time and, and hope for a bullish report. All right, well, stick around, folks. We have more coming up. It's the final now final bell right here on the Rural Radio Network. With 85 years of serving Nebraska farmers, Fontenelle Hybrids is still committed to helping you meet the challenges in every field. In farmer-managed trials over the last three seasons, Fontenelle's 15 top-yielding corn products had over a 9-bushel-per-acre yield advantage over Pioneer's commercially available leading-volume corn products. That's a 75% win rate. No wonder Fontenelle is called the best-kept secret in the Cornhusker State. Contact your local Fontenelle dealer to see what all the fuss is about. Read and follow pesticide label directions, grain marketing, and RBM. Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield as we continue our conversation with Brian Split. Brian, of course, with agmarket.net. And during the commercial break, uh, you got an alert with some more updated information as to with Russia, Ukraine, and Poland. So kind of defines it a little bit more, Brian, to what we've been hearing. Yeah, and I think that's maybe why the market had, uh, you know, made that initial reaction and then sold off a little bit. So the, the uh, report currently is that it was most likely the remains of a Russian rocket that was shot down by the armed forces of Ukraine. So not the rocket itself landing uh, in Polish territory, just the, the 
not just uh, you know this is something that took human life, but this would be the remnants of that uh, of that rocket that uh, that was destroyed in air and then landed um, in Polish territory. So uh, so not quite an attack, but still definitely something that got uh, the market excited uh, immediately once the headlines started to get this news. So uh, having said that, since we're talking headlines, in the point that we're at in this trade. Because it is mid-November and things kind of quiet down a little bit, are we going to be headline grabbing till the end of the year? Yeah, that's a really good point, Susan. Because we're, you know, we would generally get our December WASDE report, but for the most part, that is is usually a very vanilla report where the USDA just kicks the can until January and doesn't make any changes. Uh, and that would be, you know, on world production. That would be production. That would be on uh, on usage. Um, so. I think the the market's going to be really searching for other things to trade in the meantime, and so I think this is where your headlines come in. I think this is where your your charts come in. Um, you know, and it's going to be one of those things where technical uh, buying and technical selling can get a little bit carried away in the absence of of no news. Uh, and so, yes, I, I think between now and and roughly two months from now, as as we approach the January report, we're going to be really sensitive to headlines. And any time a little level is taken out, whether it's resistance taken out to the upside or support taken out to the downside, uh, you're going to see technicians uh, and fund managers react to that. Um, and, and the fund manager right now is, is holding length in, in corn and soybeans. And, um, you know, that's going to be a question of where they want to be as we approach the end of the year. But uh, any of these headlines that develop, you know, I, I could say today, I mean, we, we had the outside day higher in corn. We were able to close back above the 200-day moving average. Um, and so hopefully we go searching for some of these levels above us uh, and some of these other moving averages. I think you've got your, your 20-day and your 50-day moving average right around the 680 area. So uh, hopefully we can see another push and, and uh, you know, get a, a good retracement of this break that we just had. And if you if you really look at the um, the break that we just had from the October high to today's low, um, the 680 area is essentially right at the 50% retracement, 679 to be exact. Uh, so I think that's a very legitimate target for uh, for a recovery rally here short term, especially after the reversal today. You look at these spreads. Uh, what what catches your attention with December? Uh, you know, the spreads for corn, um, I think the fact that we've had uh, December um, gaining on all of the other contracts here uh, in the same crop year uh, over the last week, week and a half has been um, something of note. So east to, to March, really the most carry that we've seen uh, was about $0.08 cents of carry. And, um, you know, now we're sitting here with about two and a half cents of carry. Um, when you look at these to May, there's only a penny of carry. Um, when you look at these to July, we're actually trading about uh, a nickel over July and December. So um, I think this is also something that uh, a producer can take a look at and say, hey, if we have strong basis opportunity right now, uh, if we have July trading at a discount to December, and if you're still a flat price bull, meaning you think futures will work higher in the long term, uh, this may be an opportunity to go ahead and take advantage of the strong cash market, uh, take advantage of strong uh, seasonality and basis, and just simply place re-ownership in, in some of these deferred contracts, especially looking at July at a discount to December. Now, 
me personally, I'm I'm bullish the May July corn spread. Uh, that spread typically when we have a, a tighter stock scenario like we do this year. So think like 2013 after the drought. Think 2021, and even recall this past spring. Um, in years like that, we would typically see the May trade 40 to 60 cents over July. Um, so that's where I'm actually going out. I'm, I'm moving all of my December length into the May because I do think May will outperform July over the next uh, three, four, five months. All right. Best way for folks to get a hold of you? Um, reach us uh, at our, our general phone line, 844-4AG-MARKET, so 844-424-6758. You can reach me directly at 815-665-0463. Uh, check us out online, www.agmarket.net, and uh, look at your calendar. See if you're going to be around February 5th and 6th. We're having a conference in Nashville, so get your dancing boots on and come join us. All right, sounds good. Just a reminder, folks, commodity futures and options do involve a substantial risk of loss not suitable to all investors. And that's the Fontenelle Final Bell, brought to you by Fontenelle Hybrids and all your local dealers on the Rural Radio Network.